Before that, though, real quick, the guy at the gas station, I must have told him in passing I have chickens. He's like, how are your birds doing in this weather? I'm like, well, it's morning. <laughs> told him about the chicken coop. He's like, oh, chicken soup. I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. You know what I should do is I should plug in a toaster and toss it in there. <laughs> it's <laughs> fried chicken, baby. No, I could never do that to my girls. I love my birds too much to kill them and eat them. Like, if one of my birds died tomorrow, I'd bury them. I would not. <laughs> I couldn't eat my birds. I just like them too much. But, um, so I stop at this gas station, and I see this young girl, um, I, I see this young girl at the air pump, and she just, <laughs> you could just, <laughs> you just know she doesn't have a damn clue what she's doing, right? So I walk over, I'm like, hey, I'm like, uh, what's up? I said, my name's Mike. Do you need any help? I always try to say my name first to disarm them, you know what I mean? So, I'm a big guy, I got a beard and sleeve tattoo, you just never know. But anyways, like, hey, do you need any help? And she's like, yeah, you know, actually, and, and so we got it up and running, and uh, she was just standing there trying to, it's one of those old school ones where you push in the metal uh, clamp, and the, uh, you know, you have your reader that reads the air pressure and all that with the whole hose at the end, and, uh, she was just, she didn't have a clue. So I showed her how to do it. I said, come here, let me teach you how to do this. So in case you ever run into this situation again, you're good. And uh, so I'm like, what's your name? I didn't catch your name. And I could kind of tell uh, what this girl did for a living. Lots of perfume, glitter, long fingernails and high heels <laughs> in the middle of a snowstorm. I'm like, ah, oh, geez. So I'm like, what's your name? And she's like, Viper. I said, Viper. And she said, yeah, I'm like, is that your name all the time or just when you're working? And she just kind of laughed. And anyways, filled her, filled her tires up. And I went back into the gas station to get a water for myself. And uh, she, I think she was in front of me. She got some cigarettes. And we're on our way out. And I hop in my car and I back up. And I look at her and I say, hey, Viper. She looks at me and she's like, you know, because she's very clearly a stripper. I said, um, I said, this is God letting you know that he sees you. She's like, what? I'm like, this right here, what just happened? I said, this is God telling you that he's got his eye on you, that he loves you. And she said something like, oh, you know, that's, she kind of laughed and she said, oh, that's corny or something, something corny. And I'm like, it might be corny, but it's true. And uh, so I just said goodbye and I go to drive away and I look back real quick in my rearview mirror and I see her standing there. She looked emotional. And, um, I'm just thinking, man, that's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's sister. You know, now that I'm a father, I look at these young women. And your your perspective towards women changes. Some of you might laugh at that, considering some of the vitriol I have towards women. <laughs> it's not just women. It's mostly, it's just liberal white women. That's all. That's all. That's all it is. You take those. You take them out of the equation. I got no problems. But um, you know, your perspective changes when you're a father, and you start to see past. You know, a lot of people would look at a stripper and be instantly judgmental, um, or they would look at a homeless person and be instantly judgmental. And I just think, like, at some point, now that I've got a baby, I tend to think about people when they were babies or kids. 
And what do babies and kids need? They just need love and attention and shelter and food. You know, they need to be taken care of. They need a lot. But ultimately, they crave love and attention, right? And Ada's always running around the house with her arms up in the air trying to get picked up by somebody. And then she wants to get put right back down. Especially with her mom. She just wants her mom. She wants to know that she's being seen by her mom. And, you know, I look at this young girl that's about ready to go start a shift somewhere um, dancing for a bunch of middle-aged old dude. I don't know. It's just gross. But um, not that she's doing it. You know, obviously it's not great behavior, but I just, I, I don't I. It's, it's just sad. It's just things change when you're a dad. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, I wouldn't go to strip clubs now. Um, I've been to them in the past. Um, I'll be the first one to admit that. And obviously, I would never go again. But, like, even if I didn't have a... Like, if now, especially that I have a daughter, I don't... Obviously, I would... It's, it's just, I'm trying to... Um, I'm not trying to say... Uh, what am I trying to say? Like, there's no chance in hell now is what I'm getting at, essentially. And, um, you know, because you just see through the girl with the makeup and the lashes and the fingernails and the stilettos or whatever you call those things. You see past that. And you see that little girl that just wanted to be seen and loved. Because, you know, broken people do stuff like that. Very broken people. You don't take your clothes off so that men can throw dollar bills at you if your heart is whole. You do that if you're broken. And as much as judgment is important, not judgment, but as much as... Uh, corrective measures are necessary for to correct that behavior there also has to be that balance of love you know what I mean and, and just understanding and uh, you know it's just everybody's going through something and I know I'm, I'm, I'm harsh on here usually but you got to remember that everybody's going through something Everybody's uh, adults are just kids. The older I get, the old there are some adults that I think are purely adults, but 99% like almost everybody, almost everybody is still a kid. Adults are just big kids, man. That's it. They're big kids. They, 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 they get, you get locked into behavioral patterns when you're a child and many of men in beliefs. Then you form your whole worldview and for very, very, very few people does that ever change. Very few. If any, one in a million. So when you start to see adults as kids, you know, and this is why you need to be patient with your your parents. Luckily, I've had amazing parents, but many people I hear are just so impatient and cruel towards their parents, and it's like your parents are just, and, and it's funny, 
because you're going to grow up and you're going to have kids someday and you're going to make the same damn mistakes. I guarantee it. Most people do. Because you're just a big kid with kids now. Like most adults are children. Most. They, 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 the older you get, part of getting older is realizing that nobody has a clue what they're doing. Nobody. You think of adults when you're a little kid. I was always, I was brought up to really revere and respect people that were older than me, that they've got the whole world figured out, that they have wisdom and knowledge. And I'm not saying that's entirely untrue. But wow, that's a lot of water there, dude. I'm not saying that's entirely untrue. But it's mostly untrue. <laughs> I'm not saying that you shouldn't respect... I mean, most of you guys listening to me are adults. I'm not saying you shouldn't respect people older than you. That's not what I'm saying at all. There is wisdom in age, for sure. But most people don't have a damn clue what they're doing. So what's the point of me talking about this? The point of me talking about this is to help you to have patience with people. I stopped getting mad at people like I used to like you, you ask my wife you will not hear me snap out on anybody anymore rarely rarely I don't snap out on my business partners I don't snap out on my employees I don't snap out on my wife I don't snap out on anybody in my life like I used to at all I can't remember the last time I raised my voice to somebody and that used to be my default and now it's just when somebody makes a mistake, when somebody does something that they shouldn't do, when somebody falls short, when somebody is even disloyal, I just, I see the child now. And it doesn't mean that you permit that behavior. It doesn't mean that you don't correct the behavior. But that's what you do. You correct it like it's like they're a little kid. Because most adults are still little children. They never grew up. Because they're making the same mistakes that they were when they were teenagers and young adults. and So it's just they, they just never grew up. And adults in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, I've come to find out, are just as scared and unsure of the world as we are. Younger, 20s, 30s. And in fact, they're probably even more scared. Because when you get out into the world, you think that there's some kind of sense of predictability, right? Okay, I'm going to go to school. I was a good boy in school. So that, that means I'm going to get a good job. And if I get a good job, I'll get a good salary. If I get a good salary, I'll be able to buy a house. I'll be able to buy a car. I'm going to start a family. My kids are going to play sports, blah, 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 right? White picket fence. And the deeper you get into your 20s, <laughs> the more you start to realize that's not how the world works. It might have worked that way at some point. I really do believe that the American dream was very alive in the 50s through probably the 80s. Um, 90s were probably the last decade of opulence in this country. And after that, it's just been a, just been a stark, really steep downhill ride since then. It's like pretty much since 9-11, nothing's been the same. 9-11 is when the Big Brother state took over. 
people valued their safety more than they do their liberty. We allowed things like the Patriot Act to pass. Explain to me how, first of all, 9-11 was an inside job, but explain to me how because some Middle Eastern dudes with turbans came over here and allegedly blew up the Twin Towers, just unassisted, right? Somehow got control of these planes and just got, anyways, that the rest of us have to get fondled by TSA agents. <laughs> you know what I mean? That you could be pulled out of the security line as an 87-year-old man in a wheelchair and have some faggot TSA agent grope your balls. By the way, if you work for TSA or you know anybody that works for TSA, you tell them Mike Russell said they're a faggot in a red coat. It's the most despicable up there with working for a three-letter government agency or a traitor and an enemy to the people. You're an enemy to the people. And these guys have the balls to stand there and yell at you at 5 o'clock in the morning. Belts off! I thought I told you like a drill instructor. Bro, I will knock all your teeth right out of your head. <laughs> Let's just step outside. Why don't you take that little badge off? <laughs> and you and I can step out in the parking lot and we'll see who the real man is. In fact, I'll take four of you at the same time. Anyways, I'm getting fired up. The point is, and I, here I am. I'm not following my own rule. I have to look at this TSA. Let's look at a TSA agent. Why might a TSA agent behave the way that they do? Why might somebody want to get into that type of career? My guess, if we're going to psychoanalyze the uh, TSA agent's psyche, is that this is a person that does not have control over many other areas of their life. That they found out, just like we did, that when you get in your 20s, the world is unpredictable and it's cruel. I imagine the male TSA agent, is his wife doesn't respect him. Maybe his mom didn't pay much attention to him or his father was kind of cruel to him when he was a child. And he needs to feel like he can exert some sort of control over his life. So what's he do? He abuses his fellow citizens. What's up with the female TSA agent? Women love positions where they're given power within a hierarchy that they would normally never have. Through violence by proxy. Let me explain what I mean by that. Women police officers, women in the military, women in TSA, women in any position, managerial positions, oftentimes, not always, oftentimes, want, want control of the power dynamic in a hierarchy where they normally would never have that power via violence through proxy. Meaning that if you don't follow my orders and you don't do what I say, I can't necessarily do anything about it. But I have men here that will enforce upon you what I want to see happen to you. Because women have no ability to exert. I mean, at the end of the day, if all the men in the world said that women weren't going to have rights anymore and that women were going to build pyramids instead, uh, every woman tomorrow would be saddling up and building pyramids. When you think about it, there's really no such thing as inherent women rights. I'm not saying women shouldn't have rights, okay? Please. That's not what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, women borrow their rights from other men that are willing to exert violence on their behalf. You guys following what I'm saying right now? So to me, a female TSA agent wants power within a hierarchy that she would normally never have via violence through proxy. That's my psychoanalysis of the male and the female TSA agent. Little kids. She's the little girl 
in school that got irritated that the boys were loud and they wrestled with each other in the hallways and she didn't like that. So now she's screaming at you in a line. I, I can remember one specific incident. Um, I can't. I think I was in Detroit, and I remember hearing a TSA agent, a female, yell at a grown man about his belt. And I'm like, you know, if you didn't have five other guys standing around you, and that guy that was the last straw for him, you'd be dead in five minutes. You know what I mean? Like if he was some kind of a psychopath, <laughs> you'd be done for. You know, you're just insulated by men that will do violence on your behalf. And that's how it is with female politicians, police officers, and in the military. But they're all big kids. Everybody's just a big kid. And some people are very cruel big kids. They're very, very cruel big kids. They're the kind of kids that were burning ants' legs off with a magnifying glass in the sun. You know what I'm saying? Pouring salt water on worms. Cruel. These kids are cruel. Little kids can be very, very cruel. Physically, emotionally, can be very, very cruel. And many people never grew out of that phase. So when you start to see the world and people for what they are, big kids, it, for me at least, it brings me peace with behavior of people because I can understand why they act the way that they act now. So I have a, I have a degree of peace. I, it doesn't make me as angry as it used to. And secondly, you know how to manipulate them. Not necessarily badly. But you learn how to manipulate people when you start to look at them as big kids. You know, when you start to understand their behavior through that paradigm, through that lens start to see the world a lot more clearly than you did before. Big kids, man, that's all. So, I don't know, we got uh, on this topic from talking about strippers, but here you go. <laughs> strippers and TSA agents, that, that'll be today's title. But, um, you know, try to have as much patience and understanding as you can with people. Again, I'm not telling you to permit bad behavior, but Try to give it a couple more chances before you lose your temper on the people in your life around you. Um, and just think about them for who they truly are. Just big kids. Big, scared kids. That's all. Most people are just big, scared kids that don't know what's going on and there's uncertainty in their life. <laughs> all right. I love you guys. Let's get it. I'm going to get a lift and I'll talk to you all soon. Peace.